Welcome to the Road to Cinema podcast, featuring directors Jeremy Workman and Jordan Roth of the new anthology documentary feature, True New York, which is available on November 15th, on demand through iTunes and other on-demand platforms, and on DVD through first-run features. True New York features five documentary shorts that takes us through various worlds and subcultures in the vast landscape that is New York City. Director Jordan Roth's Sea Rock explores a group of Bronx teenagers who dive off a hundred-foot-tall cliff into the Harlem River. Joshua Z. Weinstein's Taxi Garage takes us inside a Queens taxi depot and the various characters that inhabit it. Jeremy Workman's One-Track Mind is the incredible story of Philip Coppola, who has dedicated over four decades to cataloging almost every subway station in New York City. Yanni Brooks' A Son's Sacrifice tells the story of a young American Muslim man who struggles to take over his father's slaughterhouse in Queens. And Sam Coleman and Benjamin Rosen's Black Cherokee highlights performance artist Otis Houston Jr. from Harlem who has regularly performed his work on Manhattan's FDR Drive. Over the course of many years, directors Jeremy Workman and Jordan Roth take us through the process of putting together these incredible documentary shorts as we focus on Jeremy's work on One Track Mind and Jordan's work on Sea Rock. We'll also focus on the art of making a short film and what can make a short very compelling and their inspirations for making documentaries. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, to watch our Road to Cinema YouTube series, and to read the Road to Cinema blog, visit jogroadproductions.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Road to Cinema podcast on iTunes, write us a nice review, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel, Jog Road Productions, which features more Road to Cinema interviews, including our new interview with Dr. Strange, screenwriter John Spates, as well as past interviews with actor Don Cheadle and actor Saul Rubinek as he discusses his work with Clint Eastwood on the Oscar-winning film Unforgiven. Follow us on Twitter at Jog Road, Instagram Jog Road Productions, Facebook at Jog Road Productions, and don't forget to find True New York, this new anthology documentary feature on iTunes November 15th. As we join director Jeremy Workman, as he shares how he put together this new anthology feature documentary, True New York. We think this is a really cool documentary anthology film, uh, and it's kind of rare to have documentary anthologies out there. So this is five short films that are all about, or take place at least, in New York City, and they all deal with like unique characters of New York City. Um, originally, the impetus to get it made was um, a funny one, which is um, I had made a 22-minute short a few years ago uh, on a subway historian named Phil Coppola. And Phil is this kind of like incredible subway uh, kind of, you know, he, he's, he's fascinated with the subway decor of the, of the New York City stations, and he draws every single um, kind of mosaic and faience and terracotta. So I had made a short film on him a number of years ago, and it started to get played um, a, a few times last year because there was suddenly an article on the guy, on Phil, 
and, and there was an article in the New York Times, and everybody said, hey, there's apparently this great short film on the guy. Where's that? And suddenly I started getting calls to play the short film from a, a couple museums in New York City. And then I started to play, uh, started to play there. People liked it at those museums. And then a distributor who I was, had a relationship with, because he had distributed one of my first documentaries, he said, ah, well, you know, maybe we could do something with this, and maybe we could find you know, four or five other short films to group them together and create sort of a theme, uh, you know, an omnibus film, and um, put it all together and release it. And that was about a little over a year ago, and for the last year we've been reviewing films and looking for films and watching a ton of films. It's me and my producing partner, Rob Lyons, and uh, we have gone through, you know, a ton of, of great documentaries and found five that we, we really like. Uh, including the other guest who's on this podcast, um, Jordan Roth, who directed a great short called Sea Rock. So it's coming out on November 15th. It's being released as a new release documentary, and uh, we're super, super excited. Oh, that's great. Where uh, will it be theatrical or on demand or on television? Primarily, you know, it, we're going to probably do a couple, like, kind of what they call special events or one-off theatricals. We're going to do a couple of those out here in New York City. You know, we're already talking to a number of great venues, both in Manhattan and Brooklyn. And there's, there's been a lot of interest, more interest than we expected. Originally, our approach was, hey, this could be a great title for VOD, for iTunes, for maybe, you know, down the line, Netflix. Netflix usually staggers a little bit, so it wouldn't be Netflix immediately. And then First Run came to us and said, you know what, I know this sounds, doesn't sound very uh, 2016, but there's still a big DVD market, and we think this is going to be a, a great title for DVD. So that's also been one of our primary focuses. Yeah. Well, what really struck me about watching True New York was to find all these different subcultures that I really wasn't aware of. And in your film, Jordan, Sea uh, Rock, which opens True New York, uh, this is something you know unusual, something that I wasn't aware of. This area up in the Bronx, where this ritual of uh, you know young boys who are jumping off this cliff, and it's sort of some sort of initiation. Uh, how were you introduced to that initially? Yeah. Um, well, first, thanks. Uh, th thanks for having us on. Uh, it's really cool to be talking to you. Um, I I first found out about Sea Rock from a New York Times article. I mean, I'd actually heard a little bit about it before because I have um, a friend from the Bronx. But but really, I, the first time I, I got interested in it was from a New York Times article written by this writer Sam Dolnick. It was a really nice feature on that rite of passage in the Bronx. And, um, you know, I was really struck by just how cinematic it sounded. And, and, and immediately I, I looked up footage online and I was just curious to find um, any footage. And, and I thought, well, also there must be, I mean, there has to be a documentary about this because, again, it just struck me as so cinematic, like even just the... The you know like the it's like a such a built-in metaphor you know like kids like leaping and like taking a leap it, it, it was just it seemed so it seemed like such a no-brainer to me um, and there wasn't a documentary and so I just kind of kept 
falling into it uh, based on my interest, and I reached out to Sam, and he was really helpful, and he connected me to some kids, and and then I went out and and I and I researched it. Um, I, I was in Toronto at the time. I'm Canadian, and I visited New York, and then I was able to get some um, financing, just a, a little bit of financing to uh, start production. And um, we yeah, shot. I just, I, I, I just uh, was gonna yeah, I'm just gonna interrupt Jordan for one second, and then he'll continue. But I, I just want the listeners to know what this movie looks like because it, it, it's incredible. Um, Basically, these like 13, 14, 15-year-old kids up in the Bronx leap off this cliff that's uh, known as Sea Rock because there's this big C painted on it for, for, I think, Columbia University, right? Yeah, the Columbia University road team. So if, if you go all the way up to the tip of Manhattan and you look across, you're in, you're in Inwood Park in Manhattan, and, and if you look across, there's a big cliff and there's a, a massive, like, 80-foot-tall blue and white sea. And um, in the 1950s, the Columbia crew team painted it there uh, because the they are based uh, just on the tip of Manhattan. Like there's a, they, there's some, there's a, some Columbia property there. So they went and painted it um, there. And, 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 and uh, you know, it, it, at first it was called the cut because um, they, it was a, they, built this ship canal, and uh, and so it's sort of like a man-made cliff. Um, and so kids called it the cut, and then they called it Columbia Rock, and now they call it Sea Rock because of the big sea. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're leaping off this cliff um, as this kind of, like, way to kind of, you know, break, break into manhood or something. And, um, you know, <laughs> it looks crazy dangerous. It's like 60 feet, 80 feet, 100 feet at different levels. And... Um, when we saw the movie, we were just we, we couldn't believe it. It, it. it almost plays almost like an extreme sport, you know, documentary, but it's not. It's this kind of bandit movie where, I, as far as I understand it, and Jordan can fill this in, you know, they didn't really have permits, and they're shooting these kids yeah. on their own. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's all true. Um, <laughs> we so we were trespass. The kids are trespassing because it's MTA property, so. It's uh, public. It's, it's property of the public transportation system in in New York, and the kids have to pass uh, electrified rail to get to these uh, to get to this cliff. And uh, so it's it's it, it's dangerous, and it's trespassing. And you know, to cover it, we 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 did that too. We uh, we we trespassed, and I was me uh, amazing. Uh, cinematographer named um, Eric Bronco, who I was fortunate enough to, to, to work with on this, and he's the one that captured all this great footage, um, and, uh, and, and a sound recorder, so the three of us, and, and, and we, were, we, we were trespassing, so that was always sort of hanging over me, and, you know, I, I knew that if cops came, that it might make, like, for a cool little scene in the movie, but I also, I, at the same time, I didn't really want that to happen because, um, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really want to get arrested. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely like, a, it, it was like the, I, we, I wanted the footage to look, you know, beautiful and, and, and cinematic, but it was definitely like a guerrilla operation. 
Yeah, no, it was really uh, incredible how you captured that. It, it sort of reminded me a little bit of Stand By Me, you know, sort of like a rite of passage, you know, type of thing. And everybody in the neighborhood was really, uh, the older residents were really behind this. They, it seemed to be just sort of a normal part of the culture. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a tradition that a lot of people in that neighborhood in uh, Riverdale and, um, Marble Hill, a lot of people know about it. Um, even if they didn't jump as kids, a lot of people know about it. Uh, when you were ready to, to edit the whole thing together, uh, did it sort of come together naturally based on what you shot, or were there any surprises in terms of how you really saw the narrative of it going? Um, that's a good question. I I had a pretty clear idea from the get-go. Well, so, so first, I knew I wanted it to be a short uh, I knew that I wasn't really so interested in like a linear story and I was more interested in following kind of like an emotional arc um, and just sort of introducing people to this place uh, just as I was introduced to, to the place over the shoot. Um, and so it kind of it kind of fell together a little. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that unfortunately didn't make it in, like a lot of material that I felt connected to but that's that's just the way it goes, you know. It's it's interesting that Jordan mentions this kind of like he was looking for a different style where you know it's kind of character driven and it was you know the the style was wasn't hitting you over the head and that was certainly an approach when we were looking at the other other films for the anthology. You know, we were really trying to find movies that were cinematic. You know, people come in they're like, oh, a short film. You know, I've seen short films. There's not much. Um, sometimes there's not much of an interest in it. So part of our approach, our big picture approach, was to find that every single short was going to be excellent and that was going to be really cinematic and was going to feel like a movie, even though, like, for example, Sea Rock is only 20 minutes and my film One Track Mind is 22 minutes um, and, you know, or thereabouts. We really felt like each one of them should feel like a full meal and not just a, as a little appetizer. And that was a little bit of the approach when we were looking at the films. Yeah, it seems that all of the films have a great sense of atmosphere, even if there's not always a complete uh, arc, but there's always sort of the sense of, you know, feeling like you're part of the city or part of this very particular uh, subculture. So I thought that was really interesting uh, throughout all yeah, the films. Yeah, I mean, there's, there was also, just to add to that, there was also an approach to really find great filmmakers. And it, uh, we thought it was ironic that many of the filmmakers that are involved had previously done other movies, some of which have done features. Um, I think Jordan, you know, here on the phone with us, is probably the only one that this is his first film. And he just, you know, he knocked it out of the park. But everybody, all the Thank other you. filmmakers, yeah, sure. All the other filmmakers in the anthology are pretty established. You know, one of the films is called Black Cherokee, and it's about a, a performance artist who is on the side of the road, and it's co-directed by Sam Coleman, who directed Art and Craft, and he was also a co-director on If a Tree Falls. These are two great documentaries from the last few years. Um, if a Tree Falls was even nominated for an Oscar. It's, it's also direct, it's co-directed by Marshall Curry. Um, and Yoni Brooke, who did The Great Sun Sacrifice, which is about a slaughterhouse in Queens, he's had films, you know, all over PDF. Um, 
There's a great film called Taxi Garage by Josh Weinstein. He's had films all over play, all over the place, um, including some incredible ones for the New York Times, the short film series on the New York Times. So we really felt like, wow, these filmmakers are just so good. And that really stood out when we were, we were looking at, at these five. Yeah, I was curious, um, what do you think is really the art of making a short film compared to making a feature-length film? Do you think it's a different way of storytelling? Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about it a little bit in terms of, of compared to feature, and then maybe Jordan could just chime in about just, you know, making a short, I guess, which is sure. probably also makes sense. But, uh, you know, when you're making a, a, a feature, I mean, it sounds really obvious, but I think it's true. You have so much time. You have so much time to explore stuff, to get into scenes, to play stuff slower, to get into character. You could have scenes that maybe aren't, you know, quote-unquote, moving the narrative. You could explore a lot more. And when you're working in the short, you know, you got 15 minutes, you got 20 minutes, um, Maybe you have as long as 30 minutes, but people's, for whatever reason, people's attention span is even less on a short. You know, you'd think that people are watching a short, they're going to have way more attention span, but it's actually the opposite. People are much more used to like, okay, I'm seeing a feature, I'm here for the next 90 minutes, um, let me strap in, get my popcorn, and I'm going to watch this movie. But with a short, they really want it to cut to the chase. So a lot of the, the approach is different. You've got to really deliver the goods faster. Uh, I also directed one of the films, as you mentioned, One Track Line. And, you know, I remember working on it and thinking, man, i got to get to the stuff where it shows how amazing this guy is. And he's not just some kooky New Yorker, but he's somebody who has been doing, creating this book on the New York City subway for, for, for four decades. So I knew that I had to get to that fast. Um, and, you know, it was interesting. I remember when we were watching C-Rock, how the opening scene shows the kids leaping off the cliff. And it almost like that's an approach you would do in a short film. Really just kind of put it out there really fast so that the audience is, is there and ready to stay for 20 minutes. Exactly. Right. Well, thanks. I, I, um, yeah. I mean, we want to make it a little hooky, you know. But um, I'll say, I, I, I think, I think that that's all really true uh, with shorts. And I think, you know, even right now, I'm working on some short form stuff, and we're talking like a minute, you know. <laughs> like, like I was just talking to someone and and a, a friend of mine, and 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 we're working on a series of shorts. And, and, and we were just saying, uh, two, two minutes is too long. Like with shorts, as Jeremy was saying, like people are just impatient and it's just how we're, how we're built now. But, um, with C-Rock, I think it was a little tricky because I really wanted the pacing to be slow and I wanted to, I wanted to create a certain mood and a certain feel that, um, might not work so well with shorts. So it, it, I think... I, I think it's maybe like more leisurely than uh, than 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 other shorts, but uh, but yeah, absolutely. You you really have to cut to the chase because people just don't have the patience anymore for something uh, that doesn't. 
Yeah, I also think people are used to, I mean, this sounds glib, but I also think people are used to seeing backstory. Um, mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of bad shorts that people have seen. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's one of the challenges when you say, hey, this is, this is going to be this amazing collection of short films. People, I think, immediately say, oh, well, I've seen some shorts. They're not usually that good. So, uh, and, you know, that's not being mean. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's a lot of newcomers to filmmaking that start in shorts, obviously. So you get a lot of shorts that maybe don't have such a great um, flow or polish. And I think that's also one of the challenges with shorts, is just sort of cutting through and saying, like, this is going to be great. And when we made the decision of the order of the films for Sea, uh, for Turn New York, we definitely put Sea Rock right up as the first one because we really wanted that viewer to sit down and say, like, oh, wow, this is going to be good. Uh, you know, I might have thought most shorts aren't going to be that great, but this one, wow. And that hopefully is going to keep them, keep them watching all through the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I was curious too. You know, what do you think really makes New York uh, so unique this way? Where you know, as you see in the film, there are all these different areas that you touch upon that are really hidden in the city. Uh, so, what do you think really makes uh, New York sort of that you know crazy melting pot that you know? Yeah, I mean, I, it was certainly you know, I mean, look, as a producer of this anthology, I mean, obviously, I believe that this is going to a you know, it's it, anywhere. It's for people that are just, you know, that love movies. And the fact that it's New York City is not, it's just a backdrop. So the hope is obviously that it's going to appeal to anyone. Um, and I think it does. But with that said, I mean, obviously, New York offers so many riches and so many uh, incredible characters. And, you know, a lot of the New York that people know is the people outside of New York is the, is the is the New York that you see on the media. And it tends to be, you know, Times Square or Lower Manhattan, you know, the ball dropping or the big media companies or city kind of New York, you know, where it's all kind of fashion and cool and hip and very expensive. And I, but there's this huge side of New York that is not really, doesn't get much play in the media. And that was something that I think we were more interested in. Um, and that was a little bit of the overall approach to the film. So if you think about it, there's five films. One of them takes place in Queens. Um, it is, uh, that's A Son's Sacrifice. And it is a story about a Muslim um, son He's actually half Muslim. He's half um, his father is is from a Muslim Middle Eastern country, and his mother is Puerto Rican. And he's sort of coming to terms with the difficulties of having this family business, and the family business is this slaughterhouse. So he's like sort of a young younger guy, like a millennial, sort of having to come to terms with his father's orthodoxy. So we thought that was really interesting and shows a side of New York City you don't see much. And, of course, Black Cherokee, that's the one I, I mentioned earlier that Sam Coleman and Benjamin Rosen made. And that's about this African-American street performer who is up in Harlem and he's on the side of the, the, he's on the, side of the road trying to get people to, you know, to kind of pay attention to him with his performance art. 
And, you know, a lot of people just look at him and they think, oh, it's just another crazy, crazy New York person, you know, some crazy, crazy weirdo on the street. But the movie dives into his backstory, and it's this really rich, interesting um, backstory of him trying to be an artist and never giving up that passion and just the resilience and commitment he has to his, his art. And, you know, that was also something that we thought, you know, wow, you don't see this story a lot. You know, this older African-American is just fighting to try to be an artist. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Taxi Garage is really, you know, a, another movie that is very outer boroughs and features subcultures and subsets that you don't really see in the media much. It's about a taxi depot in Queens. And with the center of the movie being this 90-year-old man who goes by the name Spider, African-American, who has his entire life, essentially, his career has been driving a cab in New York City. So at the time when they filmed it, um, and that's they, he had been, he was the oldest cab driver in New York City. And Joshua Weinstein sort of followed that depot and profiles uh, fighter, and, and it's really, really interesting. So there was, you know, an absolute approach that, like, yeah, New York offers this incredible, rich diversity and, uh, you know, these, these amazing, you know, tapestries for filmmakers, but how do we dig into a side of it that maybe people don't see much? Yeah, and it becomes a very, you know, universal uh, story among all of the short films. Yeah, that was definitely the approach, was like, okay, let's, you know, let's try to make, um, this is a movie, and as crazy as it sounds, we, our thought was this can be something that anyone could watch. You could give this movie, this DVD, you know, out to your grandmother or your aunt in, the, in, in anywhere, in the Midwest, in, in the South. It doesn't matter. It's not geographically tied. It's just, these, these are amazing stories about people who have a lot of sort of similar passions and goals as everybody else. Um, so that was really something that we, we were thinking about quite a bit when we were putting it together. Uh, well, I was curious uh, for both of you, uh, you know, if there have been any documentary films that have really inspired you, that have really sort of gotten your creative juices going uh, in terms of motivating you maybe to go out and make your own film or just in terms of how you want to, you know, make things in the future. Influenced me. 
I, I know that short that he did. I think it's one of his first things that he did that wasn't a music video. It's like one of his first long form, you know, yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah, it's like late 90s. It's actually like, I think it's either around the time of being John Malkovich it's or before being John before Malkovich. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that that was that that's something that kind of like informed Sea Rock actually, um, and then you know other, I like I like old Doc, I like uh, I like old Doc, I like like the I, lo- I love um, Don't Look Back, um, is that another favorite of mine? Mm. Uh, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean I think uh, I mean this is a little bit of a cop out answer, but you know I think I think. I often get inspiration for documentaries in narrative films, uh, and that the narrative films are so, you know, narrative films are so great in terms of um, their exploration of character that you really can see how a movie can be held up just by an amazing character, and you don't need some uh, kind of structure that. Or sort of arbitrary structure to kind of create a movie. You don't need a race or a contest or a you know some social unrest that you can build a documentary just by character. The same way that there's amazing narrative movies that are just really just character exploration. So certainly that was something that uh, you know I think I, I've always been like, wow, you know, I wish that can really come across in documentaries is, is style. And all the time, I, you know, I see, I see narrative movies that um, I feel like are better at sort of showing documentary stuff. Sometimes, not necessarily better, but often they're really good at showing sort of a documentary subject in, in a neat way. I, you know, I remember seeing Big Short last year, um, which I thought was really great. And it really reminded me of how documentaries can be playful and they can be, um, you know, of course, Big Short is not a documentary. It's a Christian Bale movie, a Steve Carell movie, but it, it had this incredible playful style and how it used the, the non-fiction elements. And I think those are the kind of things that I, you know, get really excited about. Um, when I first kind of got into documentaries, this is, you know, um, my short on True New York is like my third or fourth movie now. And the others are all features. Um, but when I first got into filmmaking, definitely Errol Moore, if we're talking about documentaries, was a big, you know, uh, a big signpost for me, a big tentpole for me, you know, just going through all those movies and how good they are, the movies from the 80s and the 90s, whether it's, you know, the Thin Blue Line or, you know, Brief History of Time or Fog of War. They're just so good. And, um, you know, I think it's also important to remember that documentaries aren't necessarily journalism, and they shouldn't be. They should have a style. They should have a, um, you know, uh, they should have a sort of look and feel the way that narrative films should be, and they shouldn't just be pieces of journalism. You know, we have Frontline and CNN and all those kind of venues for that, but documentary films should actually be something more. So uh, those are kind of the things uh, you know that that run through my mind a lot when I'm working on the documentary. What would be the best way to uh, discover True New York and learn more about it? Um, so True New York comes out, it, it's coming out November 15th of 2016 with first run features, first 
Current Features is a great distributor here in New York City um, that does a lot of great documentaries. Uh, they have a number of, of really sort of documentaries that really push the envelope and that are about social issues and, you know, attack uh, issues very, very head-on. So we're really excited to be involved with them. Um, they are putting it out on DVD, iTunes, on November 15th, so anyone can buy it then. I think they could also pre-order it uh, now on those venues, those platforms. And then it'll eventually go on to VOD, which is, you know, your pay-per-view on your television. And uh, from there, all the digital formats. I think if they just, you know, if somebody's interested, just type in True New York into the old Google, and hopefully it'll go someplace where you can see it. 